Hello, and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 137. Joining me this evening, he's back, finally, the one, the only, the dumbass. Hashtag, release the perversions! <laughs> bueno, excelente. And of course, there's Mac. Hey, everybody. And Ian. I is MR here. Mm-hmm. And our token female, Terry. Hey, everybody. It's sad that we have a token female. <laughs> it is kind of sad. But I'm glad <laughs> to be here. It would be sad if we didn't. Women, you know, women are so underrepresented, particularly in, I mean, even the skeptics movement and even more so in the podcasting skeptics movement. That's because they believe anything. You know, keep ta- keep talking, Brian, because I feel like such a special snowflake right now. Keep telling me how special I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I like to masturbate. Right, but, and, and you like to masturbate? Right. No, but am I wrong? No, I think you're correct. Yeah. Yeah, I um I do want to I don't know if you guys listened to the Skeptics Guide to the Universe, but they just added uh, uh, Cara Santa Maria to the. Oh, that's podcast. right! I heard that. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? That's fantastic. Yeah. So how is everybody? Oh, I do want to say though, and as usual, we are the proudest member of the Dumbass Media Network. Isn't that right? Yes, yeah. and Dumbass is here. Sure. We're, yeah. Yes, so I'm I'm finally here. Yes. I am. <laughs> I am disappointed to have missed in past couple of episodes. Ah, uh, it's okay. We'll forgive you. Kind of. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, I do have a couple things I want to mention. Um, okay. Uh, a couple episodes ago, uh, one of you mentioned about uh, summoning me using snow and a magic hat. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes, indeed. I want to clear up a couple things here. I do have a magic hat. But its magic is not used in that way. The hat is a portal to a pocket dimension where you can keep things like doves and rabbits to entertain people. I use mine to store my porn collection. (laughs) Now, if you want to know the ritual to summon me, you have to wait until the night of a beaver tail moon, then put on a set of moose antlers and draw a pentacle with maple syrup around a granite altar. Place on the altar an offering of a bowl of poutine and a plate of back bacon, or, as you infidel Americans call it, Canadian bacon. (laughs) Now, now walk Wittershins around the inside of a pentacle. Now remember, Wittershins, it's important. None of that Deosil crap. If you find yourself walking Deosil, you've done it wrong and will have to start all over. So while you're walking, use the feather quill of a Canada goose and write on a sprig of harvested, a spring harvested, harvested maple leaf the 300 words for snow. When you're done, like a, light a candle from Arctic seal fat and set it aflame. Throw it towards the altar and I will appear before you in a puff of maple scented smoke. <laughs> Wow. I am speechless. Do <laughs> <laughs> well, Canadians really smell like maple syrup? Because I've got to move up there. <laughs> so, so if any listener actually does that, please you know, report back as to if it worked or not. Hey, you know what? I have a bowling ball that smells like maple syrup. Is Would it be part Canadian? Yes. How, how did your bowling ball come to smell like maple syrup? Okay, so Storm... Um, it scents all their balls, and I bought one called the Victory Road, and it was supposed to be scented as maple syrup. Wait a minute, there are scented bowling balls? There, there are. I had no fucking idea. <laughs> because why would you? Because who the hell would do that? What the fuck? Why would you? But do it happens that? to be like, like one of the biggest bowling ball manufacturers, and, and Storm is a, you know, Storm is a, yeah, all of them are scented. Different, Holy not shit. all of them maple syrup, but yeah. I'm just like the earth is shifting beneath my feet. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I have another one that that's supposed to be lime. I have another one that's supposed to be orange mint. You say supposed to be. Well, I'll say this: the scents are not very good. <laughs> I don't think they are. You know, some of them you're like, "What the heck is that?" <laughs> Caramel <laughs> is another one. One time, I ran into uh, scented flash drives. Really? <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> 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 well, aren't you bored with, you know, when you're sniffing your flash drive and smelling nothing but plastic and metal? <laughs> you, yeah. Well, you know, what the fuck do you guys? <laughs> the problem with that is, is that you get too many of them. Like, I have a collection of, of flash drives now. If they all smell different, can you imagine what my bag would smell like? It'd be like well, gym socks. No, I know, I know why the flash drives are scented. So you can find your porn collection in the dark. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> and um, which scent would would you use for that? Somebody ought to invent glue in the dark porn. <laughs> <laughs> they have glow in the dark condoms. <laughs> <laughs> they probably have glow in the dark body paint or something. We could do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's our retirement, you guys. Yeah. It needs to be edible, though. Ah, true. Edible, glow-in-the-dark paints. So I also wanted to talk about the 12 perversions. You guys went into all of that without me here. But I have a little something extra to say about this. You you guys kind of didn't fully grasp the significance of this. Brian, you kind of came close, but stop short. Obviously, the government is planning to give everybody Christmas presents, and it's up to us to decipher the 12 (laughs) gifts for each day before they can give them. I mean, we've got the first three days, sex with little boys, sex with animals, and polygamy. So, we can construct part of the song, as I will demonstrate. <clears throat> On the first day of Christmas, the government gave to me a young boy not yet in puberty. On the second oh, day so of long. Christmas, the government gave to me two sheep in heat and a young boy not yet in puberty on the third day of christmas the government gave to me three sister wives two sheep in heat and a young boy not yet in puberty it's rain damn it went to the second Dumbass, you can edit that, Brian. You can edit that. (laughs) Dumbass, I've got to say something. Take a couple breaks episode again next time. (laughs) Oh my god. Wow. (laughs) Um, So as you can see, we definitely need the nine remaining perversions to complete the song and receive our Christmas presents this December. Tom DeLay hashtag release the perversions. (laughs) How can you finish the song without the perversions? (laughs) I I think that the, uh, I think the, the popular name for that is Obama perv. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Well, we missed the boat on that. I'm glad dumbass has corrected, uh, corrected that one. Our token Canadian has set us straight. You know what? I'm really concerned that we're not getting um, Canada's best people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure we're getting their murders and rapists, but, you know. Am I going to need to prove myself? You need me to arrange a fist fight with Carl Mamer? Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> what else we got? Myth and, myth and Legend Con. Yeah, that's still coming up. I will be there. Um, I should have a table. So actually, if you want to stop by and actually, you know, talk to me, I'll be there. Um, they have put up the program schedule, not necessarily lined out as to what's going on when, but basically what the program is going to be. You got Doctor Who, Firefly, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, um, quite a bit of cool stuff. So I'm going to have a fun weekend. I have no doubt about that. You know what? So, we what we need to do. Uh, we need to design you a T-shirt to wear at this conference. And, okay. And, and we need it needs to have the the um, the perversions that we have so far on it. <laughs> I, wonder, uh, I, think, I wonder if we can make that happen. I wonder. I wonder <laughs> got a couple weeks to get together. Yeah, well, I think I think we need to do that. Maybe Sarah can help us with that. We'll see. That'd be awesome to have you wearing that shirt with the with the, with the perversions on there. It is a fun convention. I recommend you stop by if you are in the Denver area. Um, it's at um, the Ramada Plaza at um, I-25 and 120th. So, fun, fun, fun. All right. All right. And, okay, so moving on, Terry, what, we, what have you got here? I'm going to talk about cycling for a minute. I'm, <laughs> I'm shocked. Really? <laughs> Surprise, surprise. We'll just get it out of the way quickly, though. Hey, you know um, what? I got to talk about bowling, so I think that you can talk about cycling. Well, thank you. Uh, so yesterday, nearly 9,000 women worldwide rode 100 kilometers as part of the Rafa Women's 100 event. I rode over 77 miles and climbed over 4,400 feet yesterday on the Denver route. Um, it was just amazing. It was so much fun, and there were uh, there were three local rides actually here in the Denver area. One left from downtown Denver and two from the Scratch Labs um, facility in Boulder. So Roth is hosting several other Denver area mixed gender rides in the next couple of weeks that look really great. I've included a link for that on the in the show notes, and I'll be on the August 4th ride if anyone wants to go ride that with me. And then I wanted to mention that I also post a weekly list of rides that I'm involved with on the Adventure Cycling Divas Facebook page. And most of these rides are mixed gender, although a few are women-specific. So if you're in the Denver area, come ride with me. And I'm doing a charity ride in August. If anyone has want to want to get a tax tax break, you can donate to my Tour to Cure ride August 15th, where I'll ride another 100K to raise money for the American Diabetes Association. And that link's also in the show notes. All right. All right. Well, anything else? Hey, Terry, I'll go ride that with you if, yeah. uh, you know, assuming that I can take my Honda. <laughs> Your Honda. <laughs> yeah, you can even ride in the passenger seat if you like. You know, the cool thing about the – I'm so excited about the August 4th ride because it's from downtown again, but we're going to go mostly on dirt. So it's going to be road bikes on dirt trails around the Denver metro area, which is something I have never explored before. I'm so excited. you need a special bike for that? What kind of bike do you use for dirt roads? Well, I have a cyclocross bike, but I'm going to bring my road bike. I'm just going to ride my road bike because they said it's hard-packed dirt, and it's going to be mm. uh, 50 miles of dirt trails. All so right. should be really fun. Let's move on to the masturbation moment. The Amateur Skeptics present... Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Okay, 
about actual masturbation this time. Yeah. Hey, you know, I got, I just, you know, the other night I actually, I was watching a porn and it was so bad that I watched the whole thing. <laughs> you made it through to the end. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> this article from the Daily Dot is why do so many women prefer masturbation to sex? Um, now, admittedly, the, the article itself um, says that the information isn't necessarily the most reliable, but um, it does bring up some ideas. Um, so, according- uh, you, who's this from? Who, who, where, where's this information coming from? Well, the, it's the Daily Dot, but it's from Adam, Adam and Eve. Eve, right? And we and we've yeah. covered some. They they've done other stuff like this before that we've talked about. Yeah. And according to the online survey, they had. Four in ten women prefer masturbation to sex with partners. So, you know, it's 40% of women, according to their online survey. And once more, it doesn't mention this is an online survey. So, you know, the statistics aren't necessarily the most accurate. But, you know, it does say something. Can I throw out, why does it have to be either or? Well, that, it goes into that as well um, in the article. It does talk about... Um, so it, it talks about, the, you know, they've got some, a quote from a woman here that says that um, she would rather have uh, uh, lazy – she would rather lazily masturbate than have boring sex. And and I don't know that it really does qualify why it has to be one or the other. They just ask women which was their preference, yeah. right? Because the, the woman starts off saying great sex is better than great masturbation, but if the sex is going to be crap, I'd rather masturbate. Here's what I, I didn't realize um, that – so they talk about dead vagina syndrome, and and I always and I thought that by if you if you use like you know strong vibrators like a Hitachi wand or something, I thought that I don't know if it was so much desensitized, but you would get used to masturbating with that amount of sensation, and it would be hard to masturbate without it. But apparently that's been debunked, and I didn't I didn't actually didn't realize that. Well, uh, there's, there's one of us anyway. that might have a better idea on you know some of that than the, the other four of us. If she'd like to put in any words about. Yeah, I have never. Uh, yeah, uh, let me. I'm trying to think about how to phrase it. <laughs> well, no, I'm not thinking you necessarily used a big tool, but you would know more along the lines of how masturbation compares to sex for a woman, as well as I, I don't actually. I don't think you've ever told us whether or not you <coughs> use toys, but if you have used toys, you would know, you know, how that differs from you know taking care of it yourself, kind of thing. So I don't use toys because I like to just be uh, unencumbered. Sort of, you know, I don't know. It's just, uh, I'm not anti toy. I'm not whatever, but I just, you don't have to store it or, you know, your hands are right there. So anyway, um, I don't, I, what I'm stumbling on is I don't understand why you have to pick one or the other, why you can't have both at the same time. Oh, well, I mean, that's a really good point. Um, I, I don't think that the, um, I I suspect the survey was not and mutual masturbation. Yeah, mutual masturbation is a great way to do something fun with your partner. Absolutely. Right. Does yeah. you, does yeah. masturbation – I mean, it's just – it's ridiculous. If I asked you guys, does do you masturbate so much that sex doesn't feel good anymore, you guys would all laugh. Yeah. Right? That's true. So, yeah. yeah. It, it is it is kind of ridiculous. But what – I think this article hits – because at first I was like, this is – I was not liking where it was going. But the, the article actually I think sums it up pretty good. And it, and it comes back to this communication piece, right? Um, right. And, and so and it's about – being able to express what you need and and having a partner that is willing to listen right so it's not like 
I, I'm saying that it's you know it's one partner or the other. It's a communication thing. You've got to talk about these things. What 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 are your likes? What are your dislikes? What gets you off? And it's important for both both partners to have that discussion, right? Especially if you're together for any length of time. Well, and not- so I think nonverbal feedback in the middle of it is also really helpful because sure. Uh, I mean, I I'm nonverbal. At, after a certain point, but, um. <laughs> well, no. But what, what I, I'm saying even before you, even I'm saying before you have sex, or, or you know, I mean, you, you, you talk about these things. Hey, I touch, touching like this is good. Touching like this is not good. This, this hurts too much. This turns me on. This, this, you know, at first this would be a problem, but as I get more turned on, then this is actually feels good. I mean, those kinds of things have those discussions. Yeah, but maybe not in the midst of the moment. You're saying no, 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 so that you have, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying that this is, this, this is a long-term communication thing. I'm not, you know, we're not talking about one night stands here, I don't think. Oh, agreed. And it's organic too. I mean, what uh, gets you off one night might not be what gets you off the next day right. or whatever. Exactly. No, and that's, that is extremely true. But I think that there are some generality, general, generality things that are probably always consistent. You know, I think definitely, you know, at, you know, at, when you, when you start engaging, you know, opposed to in the middle of it, when you're, when you are turned on, different, different stimulate, stimulation will affect you differently at those times. You know, so, I mean, you, you just have to, there are ways to communicate with a partner, um, it, throughout the process. And it is sometimes nonverbal, right? I and maybe, maybe allowing them to watch you masturbate would be a good yeah. way for them to see what you like. Plus, it's a hell of a turn on. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Oh, that was that was my outside voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I this is cool. I mean, I love these kinds of articles, but I like I said, I think it's kind of silly to set it up as so dichotomous, one or the other. Do you have to? Why do you have to pick just one? Right, but I think yeah. that they ended it much better talking about the communication piece, right? And here's the thing: is that they're talking about the information from Adam and Eve, right? So, and and probably if that's the information, if that's the article that they're talking about. And probably it is that dichotomous, then that's how the article is going to start out, right? Yeah. right. So I don't fault them for that. I thought that they brought it around in the beginning because I, I thought so, as reading this, I had some same kinds of concerns as I was going through this until I got to the end. Um, and I, I do think it's, you know, I, well, whether I think, or not the statistics are accurate, it definitely gets the discussion going. And that's absolutely, important. yeah. Yeah. And also makes it, you know, if we, Realize that a lot of women masturbate and enjoy it. I think that's all to the good too. I think so too. I, there's no, there's no issue with that. And yes, is of course. But what the, what this article is saying is that these women would they they they'll have sex for emotional reasons, but they but they don't have an orgasm. But if they want to orgasm, they masturbate. And that was kind. And that's the dichotomy that they set up here, right? Yeah. And yep. If the and let's if that is true for the people who answered this survey, what's the answer to that? How, 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 do, how, how does that get remedied so that they can have that orgasm with a partner when they want to? I'm not saying you shouldn't masturbate, but I'm saying when they have sex, if they want to have an orgasm, what, what's, what, 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 what's the answer? Where do you start? Well, you need to start by knowing yourself. Well, that's what, and, and the masturbation what you is like. Right, and then being able to express it. So it comes back to that communication point. And, and that's kind of what the article said. The article suggests, um, I thought it said, it said couples therapy or, um, but it, it it also the the article also suggests that um, that part of this is a struggle to communicate with their partner. 
And, sure. and so, and so it's recommendation, um, you know, is education and communication. And I think, I think, I think this is where uh, like sex therapists and stuff like that really are a, uh, can really help, you know, cause sometimes it, it's nice to have that, a, a third person, you know, that is really going to make sure that it is, um, non-judgmental. Cause I think that's, uh, that's a huge problem, you know, that people have when, with expressing what turns them on is, is a fear of judgment. Even with a partner you've been with for a long time, I think that that can be a problem. Absolutely. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Cool. So I thought that the article, I agree, the start was talking about the information and, but I thought, it, I thought it ended well. I thought that they brought it back together. So I thought the person writing it had, had a good understanding of what they, what they wanted to accomplish by using that information to start the conversation. Yep. Agreed. All right. But I didn't read the article. <laughs> <laughs> So we're ready to move on to bigots and jackassery. Oh, you know, I, we can always move on. To <laughs> Here's the problem: is that you you have chosen a bigot that is just such an easy target. I know he keeps coming up. I mean, I, I, weekly. I mean, he is just a a wealth of of a, uh, <laughs> a jackassery. You know, let me uh, let me throw something in here real quick about uh, just just it's an it's an appropriate thing. I was uh, watching a clip from John Stewart, and he was talking about how grateful he is to Donald Trump for fulfilling the promise to never let him <laughs> out of material. Yes. Oh, okay, right, exactly. Yeah. I'd hey, like to think. We needed stuff for tonight, yeah. and this is one thing I had bookmarked. Because Here's a, here, this is the only reason I don't want Pat Robertson to die, man, because I mean, where? <laughs> <laughs> you it's know, a little harder to find stuff when we're desperate. No, Brian, that, that, that's not true. Brian, <laughs> I am holding out hope for zombie Pat Robertson. Oh, nice. <laughs> so anyway, the article in question is Pat Robertson. Tell green mom three-year-old baby who died could have been the next Hitler. <laughs> oh, my God. So, well, I guess you can't deny it. <laughs> it could have been the case. You know what pisses me off so much about this? I'm just going to jump in. Uh, whenever they are anti-abortion, they talk about, well, that could have been the next Einstein. How do you know you didn't just abort the, the next, you know, Picasso? Yeah, that's one of my thoughts with this article as well, yeah. Right, and if, okay. they, and if they die early, they were the next Stalin. <laughs> okay, so hold on here. He says the baby could grow up to be Adolf Hitler. He could grow up to be Joseph Stalin. He could grow up to be a serial killer. Is he escalating? Is he saying which is worse? Or is he, is he, is he, is he de-escalating here? <laughs> is, is he considering a serial killer to be worse than Adolf Hitler or better? I, I think like normal, his brain has shut down at some point and he's just babbling incoherently and they sound like words and we're trying to pick out what makes the most sense because other than that, this is all gobbledygook. Here's the, here's the thing that, that gets me is that, oh, let's say that he's right and that's why his God did this. The problem with this is that why did his God let the child become born in the first place? And, and the other thing is that his because other of rationality, damn it. <laughs> his other rationality here is that, so God took this child, and maybe this is his reason. He had to let it be born so that he could take it, right? He had, he let the child be born and then took it back before he be, could become this monster. And now the child gets to spend the rest of his eternity with God. Eternity. I don't know what other. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that, that's what he's suggesting. Um, is why didn't? Let's take a step back. Okay. Why didn't God prevent Hitler and Stalin and 
Well, he messed up. He just didn't get him in time. <laughs> Ooh, good point. <laughs> so, <laughs> remember, <laughs> remember when God takes a young life, it isn't a bad thing because the child could grow up to have a terrible disease or to be Hitler. Why does it have to be either or? Why could he be the next? Why couldn't he be the next Hitler with a terrible disease? See, it's but, I mean, limited. This is a logic of trying to comfort a person. It's like, wait a moment, what? Well, that's How kind of the make- whole problem with all of this, right? I mean, the, yeah. the, the whole thing about death and, and the way that the, the, the way that religion handles it is all this way to comfort people that isn't comforting. If you think about it, it doesn't allow you to heal. He's not trying to. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. I, I've got I've got a I've got an extension to dis- the logic here. Wait, hold on, Mac. Wait. Let Terry finish her thought first. Okay, and then go, you ahead, go ahead, Terry. I disagree. I don't think it's about comforting at all. I think it's about preventing this woman from questioning God. Mm, oh, in this true. case, I agree with you. Yeah. Okay, so my thought is, and my extension to the logic is, so when child, when God allows a child to be aborted, that's because that child is going to be the next Hitler, too. Well, yeah, I mean, there's just no end to, to the uh, well, use no, of that wait. rationale. Wait, I, I, like the, I like the way that goes. It means when God allows a child to be aborted, then we're looking at that child was going to be an evil child anyway. I think mm-hmm. I think we could see bumper stickers. Abortion stops a beating heart, but that child was going to be evil anyway. Nice. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that works. How can, I mean, if you, that's using using Pat Robertson's logic. How can they disagree with that? Abortion stops the birth of a mass murderer. Nice. <laughs> we, we you know we definitely have to use that. <laughs> this is one we of our more put- evil podcasts, isn't it? <laughs> Wait till I get to dad bods. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right. What, what do, oh, what do we got here? What's we have another one? pastor who's talking out of his ass. Yeah. Do you guys remember James Manning, the sodomite seaman in yep. the Starbucks dude? That yeah. I love I, so much. forget him. So uh, he has a new video out about uh, sodomite demons and he. Uh, he talks about biology again, which is pretty exciting. So, uh, just a just a quick survey: Have you ever been injected with the sodomite demon? Um, Anyone? Uh, every Monday. Every Monday. Yeah. Every Monday. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, go down to the local I, clinic. Say, I, I want a sodomite demon. Get it injected. Get it injected. Well, here uh, I'm going to. Hold on. It gives me my vitality. I think I had it this morning in my latte. Nice. Well, I've got uh, Pastor Manning here, and he's going to tell us how it goes. Did you know the semen is the cream of the blood? If a man injects himself into another man and injects his semen into another man, and that man is insane and demons are in his blood, those demons are going to penetrate you. <laughs> yeah, I think the Catholic Now that's your impression of him if he, was a Muppet, if he was a Muppet. <laughs> I think the Catholic should switch to cream and crackers. <laughs> the cream of the blood. <laughs> that explains the latte confusion, though, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, this, yeah, you know, he he is uh, he doesn't quite have the platform that uh, of, of the Seven Hundred Club. To, I'll tell you what, he is he he certainly he is uh, striving for notoriety. Yeah, he's he so is. much more entertaining than Pat Robertson. <laughs> I, uh, Pat Robertson is capable of saying this stuff without thinking about it, right? 
there, I, I don't think that he that he gives it that much thought. He doesn't. And here's the other thing: is that he's being pwned. The people asking him these questions, he, the questions that are getting through, you know, I mean, he he's getting pwned. Pastor Manning, he comes up with this stuff on his own. He he's not even prompted by questions. <laughs> well, he spends a lot of time thinking it through. Obviously, yeah, exactly. Sodomy, more, sodomy yeah. and semen and. Spends an awful lot of time thinking about that. The cream of the blood. I love it. <laughs> I <know. laughs> yeah, semen is so much more powerful than blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta say, cognitive dissidents really did this one right. Yeah, you, you should go over and hear what they. I mean, they, they'll, they'll crack you up. They really hit this one hard. <clears throat> They don't softball anything, but <laughs> no, they don't. Those guys are those guys are hard all the time. Yeah, but no, the, listening to them talk about this was just hilarious. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. What the fuck are they thinking? Yeah, this was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is one of those stories where you hear about it and you're like, wait, really? Are you sure? Um, right, because it because it starts out well. I mean, th- this should have been in the Onion. Yeah. Chinese actor sued for stirring too intensely from TV at viewer. Yeah. So a, a Chinese man is trying to sue uh, superstar actor Zhou Wei for stirring at him too intensely through his TV set, causing spiritual damage. So apparently, um, Zhou Wei is a famous actor in China. We, you know, we obviously aren't too familiar with it. And the, the article doesn't say much. It's one of those things where it's like, seriously? Uh, although the court um, has criticized the lawsuit, it's not necessary to waste our judicial resources on cases like this. But just the fact that someone tried is one of those things where it's like, this is getting taken too far. Right, but I think that there's a, a point here, and I think that we're, we're um, not digging into the real issue. And the real issue is what has China done to their laws – that that are that is making this possible, and has and have they really gone too far and made it too easy to sue? And I th- and that's what um you know they're asking here. This guy might not ha- he might have known that it was ridiculous, but he wanted to make the point that because China has made it so that you because you have to what does it say you have to give um you have to give. It's, um, the case has raised a fresh controversy over frivolous lawsuits in China after regulators making it more difficult for courts to reject claims took effect on the 1st of May. Right. And there's been so, a 29% increase in cases. Yeah, so you that's… Must now provide clearly stated reason for rejection. Okay. Right. But that's, so that's the interesting piece here is, I mean… With with a lot of law, when you make these kinds of changes, it you know it has to be challenged, right? To, so that you so then you have court, then you have then you can set precedent about and and start to refine it maybe. But it is interesting that that because of this law change, it made this lawsuit even practical to file. Yeah, I, I think the real point we need to look at here is. I had to pop the DVD of striptease out because I think Demi Moore was coming on to me. <laughs> so, are you going to sue her in a China Chinese court? I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking <laughs> about it strongly. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah, so I, I think that, that that that's the real story here. Not that he's suing an actress, that but the change in Chinese law, an actor, actor, fine. Actor. Um, the the change in Chinese law is is the, actually the really interesting piece here. True. Yeah, but isn't there a culture that would set you up to like? How would you even arrive at spiritual damage as a as a concept if you I don't weren't? Know. In a, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, well, I, I think I think that. Uh, I think that for a Chinese court to actually assess spiritual damages, they would have to probably get the person's ancestors on the witness stand. <laughs> but here's the, here's the thing, though, is that the court rejected this, right? So this one was rejected. So now we know that – we know where there's one possible line, right? So what's the next possible line? How, I mean it needs to – right? They, they just have to continually test it to find out what, where the court – you know, where they say yes and where they say no and find that line, right? Sure. Okay. Apparently, uh, Zhao Wei is a is a actress, not actor. Okay. So that is the picture of her there, and uh, I don't know. I think she's staring kind of intensely at me too. No, I think we call everybody actors. <laughs> yeah, now. I think you're. I think you might be right about that, uh, Mac. I think you were right the first time, and I was wrong. We. I think we do call them all actors. Okay. Yeah, but I suppose that that's up to them how they how they want to be addressed, right? Her eyes are telling me that she wants to be addressed as an actress. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah. Those are some nice teeth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's a good orthodontist. Yeah, yeah. She... So, and we've talked about this before. That, right. Um, after a free well, contraception program, Colorado teen birth rates plummet. What? Wait a minute. Are you telling me you give kids access to contraception and they stop getting each other pregnant? It's more than just contraception, <laughs> as Ian's going to tell us. I am okay. Oh, yeah, aren't you? What, what, what did sure. this program? What, what, what did this program do? All right. Well, well you, you know, here we, we've often talked about you know how comprehensive, common sense sex education actually works, and absence only is bullcrappy stuff, you know. So, um, here in Colorado, which I'm quite proud that it's you know something done here, um. The Colorado Family Planning Initiative, funded um, by a private anonymous donor for five years, has provided um, devices and other implants to low-income women at 68 family planning clinics across Colorado since 2009. And guess what has happened? <gasps> Unintended pregnancies have gone down. And basically, for every public dollar spent on family planning services, $3.74 is saved in Medicaid costs for pregnancy-related services and newborn care. Yeah, but Ian, what you're so, talking about there is just uh, genocide against minorities, <laughs> according to Sarah Palin. True. That's what um, you know, some people would like us to believe. But basically, they're, they're providing young women with what they need, and they're saying, you know, so, them, go ahead. The, the program is not just birth control. Right, it it is it's it's paired with um, LARCs and IUDs. Right, and so the, these these forms of birth control, the hormonal birth con are they're more effective than just the regular pill form of hormonal birth control. That they have a much higher success rate. Condoms have a failure rate of eighteen to twenty one percent. So even you know even when used properly, they they have pretty high failure rates. So so part of the success of this program. Is the is the fact that they are using um, the, these implants? And I forget, it says in my article somewhere what the LARC is. 
But so it's the types of birth control that they're using that, that really made this program successful. LARC stands for long-acting reversible contraceptives. So an IUD would be a form of an LARC. Okay, right. So, so okay, so more implanted hormone. Right, or implanted yeah. hormone, yeah. So there's several different types of these LARCs. And so this is what's effective. And so part of the, part of the issue is though, is that the upfront cost on these is, is high. We're talking about $800 upfront. And I don't know how much of, um, how, I don't even know, you know, with insurance, how much of that gets covered, if any, right? So, but over the long term, of course, this is going to be cheaper, but, particularly in low-income families, where do you come up with that $800? So and so I've, this program, this, uh, this program helps to cover those costs. So I've had IUDs and my insurance company was thrilled to pay for those because the okay, long-term great. benefit. Yeah. That's great. And that, but once again, this is great for people who have good insurance. And unfortunately, even with, you know, the uh, Affordable Health Act, Affordable Health Care Act, we're not there yet, right? Everybody doesn't have insurance. We're not, we're, we're, we're not Canada. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. I mean, in that respect. Suckers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I think I'm glad you came up with the, uh, the, what that LARC stands for because I was going live action role playing contraceptive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that, I think that contraceptive has worked for some men. It has. <laughs> well then, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, the nice thing about these LARCs that they're talking about in the article is that it doesn't depend on the user to like take a pill every day right. or remember something every day. It's just, it's implanted and it just ticks away and you get, you know, whatever reminder notice when it's nearing the end of its time span to either get it removed or go in and get another one or whatever it is. So it's such a no brainer. You don't have to think about it. Oh, and by the way, Terry, congratulations on correctly pronouncing IUD. <laughs> did I get it right? Instead, no, you, instead, you instead did. of the way I pronounce it, which is IED. IED. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what the Republicans think it is, right? That's, that's true. That is it. what they think it is. See, Max? Yeah, I got it right. I would just, you know, that's what the Republicans say. <laughs> yeah, but no, but in, in every dollar you put into the program, Saves three dollars and seventy four cents. I mean that that is an amazing return on investment there. But right. last I heard, um, our Congress in Colorado was not going to fund. The, they don't want to fund this, right? So it was funded by a private donor. It, we've showed that it works, but it's going to be difficult for the for funding in, unless something has changed. Um, the last article I read said that Colorado state legislature. Didn't want to cover this, and this is, you know, our our Republican-controlled legislature now. I think our House is more Republican, and our Senate is still more Democratic. I'm not sure that we've had some shifting going on, um, and so I, it's questionable whether this will get funded or not, even with showing how successful it was. And that's the really um, the real problem with this. Be with, with with what's going on here. Is that it's well, so effective that Republicans don't want to cover it. Yeah. Well, that, well, so it's all of the stuff we always talk about, about slut shaming women and not having, you know, want, wanting to have women have access to, um, well, no, birth control I, and. Actually, the, to, to make my point that I was making earlier, the new rhetoric is that Planned Parenthood and birth control is all about the genocide against minorities. What? Because Planned Parenthood usually takes place in 
poorer neighborhoods. Therefore, it's right. it's it's against minorities. What the I fuck? Read, I read Facebook. Huh? Yeah, I know. This is there's a whole bunch of things from Sarah Palin and on some people's threads talking about defunding Planned Parenthood. Ah, uh, that's a whole ball of wax too, because Planned Parenthood provides far more than just contraceptive services. To right, but the only women. thing they, they focus have, on is they have, they have multiple ways of committing genocide against minorities. I just can't even. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Terry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to blow your mind there. No, I just like I'm. I should not be blindsided by that. But I am Here, always I, okay. Yeah, I found an article. Um, it says July seventh. Uh, 2015, so earlier this month, Colorado won't fund birth control initiative despite success. So there you go. It's so this program worked, and but but it's not going to get funding um, because of the GOP. Because GOP, of- yeah. After GOP lawmakers decided to provide um, taxpayer dollars to keep it wait, uh, declined to provide taxpayer dollars to keep it going. So it's not going to get funded. To make things more expensive, just because of their issues with it. Exactly. So this is this is talk about a war against minorities. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I wonder if there's another way to fund this, but um, but yeah, our our legislatures are legislators are not going to fund this, and it's and it is the GOP that 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 declined this. I mean, this is this is well, Republicans again. You know, just. Just keep in mind that there's probably only two generations of Republicans left. Oh, thank you for that moment of zen. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. While not you know. true, it sounded good. Oh, no, it's, it actually um, – I think the Republican Party is, is – I, I honestly think it is dying out because it is pretty much – White old, old men? It's, it's old white men, yeah. Yeah, the white and, old men club. The thing about the old white men is they think they don't live forever. Listen, they have made a huge resurgence in Colorado. We had a we had a Democratic House and a Democratic Senate, and they have bullied out the, the Democrats in a lot of places. They have redistricted them out. I mean, it's been a disaster. What's what's been happening in Colorado? Just so just so that I mean, had they not redistricted the way that they did, they would they wouldn't get elected. They have to, they're gerrymandering to to such a degree. I mean, maybe it was gerrymandered for Democrats the the other way. I don't know, but this—I mean—the way that they, the way that they draw the lines so that they can get more votes, and it, it, it's an art, <laughs> and it's it's disgusting. Uh, now, the the dark side of what I said there, there's only maybe two more generations of Republicans left, but they'll be replaced by the Tea Party. Well, yeah. Mac, you could have kept that to yourself. I could have, but full disclosure. <sighs> My moment of zen is going now. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I don't know, but it, it does – it's so disturbing that we had, a, we had a working piece of legislation that they won't fund because it, because it offends their sense of morality. Because well, they speaking, don't understand biology, because they are fucking idiots. They don't understand reality. Well, speaking of offending people's morality – yeah. Dumbass, what's your uh, what's your take on the uh, on the Confederate flag? Yes, nice segue. Yeah, the Canadian's going to tell us about <laughs> our racist perfect. flag. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've I've been having arguments with a number of people just on Facebook and a couple in person too, who think that the flag is actually not racist. 
which, I mean, it's not. Yeah, I know this was all brought about by <laughs> a uh, by a terrible incident and all that, and that seems unfortunate to me because it was really obvious before all this happened that the flag is racist and. It shouldn't have taken this, and th- this doesn't even prove the point that the flag is racist. Just uh, it, you could make the argument that it's just some guy who's taking the flag in the wrong way, and, and because he's nutsoid, and that's what some people are saying. But this flag comes from a racist institution, uh, an institution that was built on slavery, and that is pretty much as close to a historical fact as you can get. Isn't so? Correct me if uh, I'm wrong, but this this flag. It wasn't even it wasn't even a, a flag until the Confederate Army, you know, until we had this war. It was it was it was for the it was for the Confederate Army to fly. Yeah, yeah and then it went away. Yeah, now we're talking about the 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 battle flag here, right? Right. Um, but that and, and that's the thing even, that they seem to have. After the Civil War, it wasn't ahead. flown. It wasn't flown until the issues from the 1950s stirred it up, and the South um wanted a symbol of um. To justify the um, segregation, so that, when that itself, became popular again is during yeah. the fight for um, to end segregation. Yeah, but there's places in Alabama, in in isn't it Alabama and um, South Carolina where the, where these things are affixed into to to the uh, state capitals, and to take them down, you need like a, a like a, uh, a two thirds vote to yeah. do anything to that flag. And yeah, despite their claims, it's not heritage. It came about in the 1950s well, during segregation. It was not. It was not always there. They weren't flying it because. Well, even even in the original in the Civil War, it was all about slavery. Even though people try to say it wasn't. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, well, I don't think at that time. And there are lots of there are lots of bad reasons people use to to justify that. And I can go over a history of that uh, with us here. But you were saying something, Ian. No, uh, go ahead. Let's go ahead and go through the history. I think that's a great idea. Well, first of all, people say that uh, the Civil War wasn't about slavery, and this is just completely false. And people give a few different reasons for this. People talk about, well, you know, if if the Civil War was about slavery, why didn't the North free all of their slaves all at once, and and things like that. And the thing about that is, we're not talking about why the war, North fought the war. We're talking about why the South fought the war. There's a big difference here, and the South fought the war because of slavery. The North didn't, I mean, there's this myth that the North came down and their big goal the whole time was to free the slaves. That wasn't Abraham Lincoln's goal. Abraham Lincoln's goal was to try to hold the Union together. That's what he was trying to do. He didn't start off trying to free the slaves. Um, He was an abolitionist, uh, but he wasn't pushing an abolitionist agenda. He felt that uh, it might be best to let slavery end naturally. And um, so when he went into this war, he wasn't trying to completely get rid of slavery until closer to the end of the war when uh, he did the Emancipation Proclamation. But at the start of the war, he was just going down there trying to say, look, no, you guys can't secede. You're part of the Union. Uh, Stop this. Now, the South seceded because they knew that Lincoln was an uh, abolitionist and he was anti-slavery and uh, they felt that their needs weren't being met and there there are a number of different uh, issues that they had they uh, wanted the right to um, to get slaves who had escaped to freedom and uh, the north uh, didn't want to let them do that 
and a number of different things like that that I'm not going to go into. But it's a general fact that the South seceded, and these, this is in their own words. They did this over slavery. Um, you can take uh, statements from, from their official uh, documents of secession, like uh, South Carolina wrote, a geographical line has been drawn across the Union, and all states north of that line have united in the election of a man to the high office of the President of the United States whose opinions and purposes are hostile to slavery. He is to be entrusted with the administration of the common government because he has declared that government cannot ensure, endure permanently half-slave, half-free, and the public must resist in the belief that slavery is in the course of ultimate extinction. This sectional combination for the submission submersion of the constitution has been aided in some of the states by elevating to citizenship persons who by the supreme law of the land are incapable of becoming citizens and their votes have been used to inaugurate a new policy hostile to the south and destructive to its beliefs and safety that's south carolina they okay. uh, i believe they were the first to succeed correct Hello? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, us Americans but. are kind of ignorant on some of that kind of stuff. <laughs> Just our history and all, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we don't we don't study history because we're too, too busy defending it. You know, hey. down here in Texas, we're too busy trying to take Thomas Jefferson out of the uh, out of the you know out of history to worry about what happened in the Civil War. But anyway, uh, they were not you know they they were not outliers in this. I mean, you, you can go through lists of this. I'll just list one more. Mississippi. Our position is thoroughly identified with the institution of slavery, the greatest material interest of the world. Its labor supplies the product which constitutes by far the largest and most important portions of commerce of the earth. These products are peculiar to the climate verging on the tropical regions and by an imperious law of nature. None but the black race can bear exposure to the tropical sun. These products have become necessities of the world, and a blow at slavery is a blow at commerce and civilization. That blow has, long, has been long aimed at the institution and was at the point of reaching its consummation. There was no choice left us but submission to the mandates of abolition or a dissolution of the Union, whose principles have been subverted to work out our ruin. And yes... Yeah, the Canadians did know more about American history than we do because South Carolina was the first state to succeed. So the Canadian wins the point for <laughs> yep. you, you know, it just kind of makes me sick to my stomach to listen to that, really. it Honestly, it's just so disgusting to me. Now, can I throw a point in here? And Okay. The flag that you're talking about that's racist is not racist. It's a piece of cloth. Flag, the, uh... It's a piece of cloth with a symbol on it. Actually, one of the best symbols. Well, symbols mean to people what they take them to mean. To some extent, yeah. But one of the best memes sure, I've seen. Sure, but there's about, very, we're stepping on each other. Guys. One of the best memes you've seen about this is a guy saying that um, my great uncle and a couple of my cousins were Nazis, but you don't see me going around claiming that the swastika is part of my heritage. And, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yep. On the other hand. Our, our good friend, on the other hand, our good friend to the north here represents a race of people who burned our White House. <laughs> but you don't see me, you know, and proud of it. You don't see me declaring the maple leaf flag to be a to be a symbol of White House burners. Uh, okay, but here's the problem: is that we're talking about a particular piece of cloth with a particular symbol on it that was used yeah. in a particular way that stood for a particular thing that was disgraceful. You're, 
you're taking the you're taking Well, I'm going to I'm going to argue here that there's that there's no doubt that the that the people of the south saw their flag and their reason for existing the the confederacy their reason for existing as being slavery. You're talking about the opinions given by rhetoricians, people who were basically trying to incite people. You're you're saying that everybody in the in the south to one person believed in slavery and that I think that is a wrong belief. I'm not saying everybody to one person in the South believed in slavery, but most of them did. I think that's also a wrong belief. That I think flag. that I think oh. for a lot of people, I think I, I, you know, I actually had a conversation with a guy who I didn't even know was from the South until I brought this up, and then he, then he made this point. Everybody that he knows that comes from, you know, that he knows from where he came from back home, treats this as a symbol of shame but it's a symbol of shame to be reminded of their shame which is fine and and i we don't disagree with that but these people are are still we're talking about people that are right now flying this flag proudly i agree that it's improperly displayed the only proper display for that flag is on an orange dodge charger I was just going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah name the general Lee. <laughs> general of Lee. All things. Name the general Lee. Hey, now I'm going to I'm going to make this point, and I'm right about this. Oh, of the course. Dukes of, Hazzard, <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> the Dukes of Hazard was not about racism. The Dukes of Hazard was about family and honor. And inbreeding. <laughs> what? No. Ian, what? Yeah, what, one what? uncle and a million cousins. That kind of says something. <laughs> well, I've never out. seen the Dukes of Hazard, so I can't. <laughs> Wait, you you're saying that I've never seen. You're saying that somebody <laughs> no, I've never seen the Dukes of Hazard, so I can't comment on that. But <laughs> you're saying that somebody in that family knew somebody in that family. <laughs> like I said you have this one uncle, and every time you turn around, there's another batch of cousins popping up. Like, yeah, and just the one girl. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you saying that you saying that the population of Hazard were were Smurfs? Exactly, <laughs> she's Smurfette. <laughs> and Uncle Jesse's Papa Smurf and all the cousins are the regular Smurfs. That makes oh my sense. god, you're right. Frasco <laughs> <You're so That laughs> is, is Gargamel. <laughs> Daisy, Daisy Duke is the equivalent of Smurfette. Wow. Now, if you, if you think that uh, that there wasn't a huge uh amount of racism in the south i mean you got to think think to the time of segregation where you have like people oh, who are ostracized by their communities for being anti-segregationist oh i'm not um, i'm not in disagreeing the south. with that and i'm saying but i'm saying and, and point, could, you think you think that uh, people during the civil war were were racism fine with was institutional uh abolition they weren't racist and suddenly they became racist in the like 50s no, racism was an institution I'm not disagreeing with that, but right, but, but the the it was a widespread institution. It was, but the simple fact that I'm trying to say is that a symbol means what people take it to mean, and my biggest point on this is that taking down a symbol doesn't change people. Taking down a symbol pisses no. people off. No, no, I I disagree because here's the thing: is that the people that are saying that this thing shouldn't be flown are making a point. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that and, 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 and it should be a strong point that we cannot put up with this kind of institutionalized racism. Yeah, is it like but the point, the point is that 
the point is they're trying to take down the symbol. When you take down a symbol, people will just come up with another symbol. Yeah, but is it a little bit like the separation of church and state in that we don't need this symbol on government offices? Absolutely. Well, definitely. Yeah. Here's and I the don't thing, disagree it, with that. Well, once again, well, this saying, is about more than the battle flag, too. Uh, oh, go, go ahead, Brian. I was going to say, we're, we're not telling people that they can't fly this in their front yard. That's fine. If or you want to put it things. there and you want to show your true colors, you go ahead and put that in your front yard. But it does not belong on your capital. It, that needs to cease and desist. Now, there, there's a small number of, there's a small number of people who believe that the flag is about heritage and they don't see any racism, racist intent in it. And they don't believe that the South fought over slavery. They're just wrong. I'm going to say that's willful the, the, ignorance. The I'm reason the South that... fought was over slavery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think. And there is ignorance. very little doubt. That, yeah, there's very little doubt that uh, the Southerners um, thought of their flag, the symbolism, as being what they were fighting for, as being about slavery. Dumbass. Um, the Confederate like, flag bad yeah. touched you, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell us where it touched you. It did. It did. I. I, I'm sorry. I don't want to talk about that right now. We, it, I'm still hurting in places. But quite frankly, we don't have enough time to talk about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can look at like um, if we're talking about uh, the battle flag. There's also the main uh, flags of the Confederacy. Which, like the first one, the stars and bars, that's not the same thing as the Confederate battle flag. Stars and bars, nobody liked it, they quickly replaced it. But, uh, let's talk about, uh, the stars and the, I mean, the, uh, Confederate battle flag for a second here. Invented by a na- man named, uh, William Porter Mills. Its symbolism wasn't expressly racist, but he was a supporter of slavery and he was a supporter of the South seceding because of slavery. So he felt his this fight that the South was engaged in was about preserving slavery. Now, if you look at second national flag and the third national flag of the Confederacy, the stainless banner and the bloodstained banner, the bloodstained banner is just a variation of the stainless banner. They added an extra red stripe at the end just so that the flag couldn't possibly be mistaken for a white flag of truce. That was designed by a man named William T. Thompson, and he designed the flag and... If this doesn't show you how the Confederate battle flag was seen as being intricately linked with the position of white supremacy, then nothing else will. He created the flag. It was essentially the Confederate battle flag situated on a field of white. And as he said, quote, as a people, we are fighting to maintain the heaven ordained supremacy of the white men over the inferior colored race. A white flag would thus be emblematical of our cause. I think it was quite quote. So he designed this flag. He designed this flag. This flag, uh, this flag emphatically represents white superiority. And he, and it's linked with the Confederate battle flag right there. And, and everybody loved that flag. That's the flag that they kept for the rest of the war. Yeah, but that's not the one that people are flying now. What they're flying now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Is a fragment of that. No, 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 no. In Alabama, they took down uh, the Confederate flag, and I had an image of it in the in the show notes. Have, have you all seen the image? Uh, I think I did see the image. That, oh, when it was up, right? Alabama removing... Oh, what? of them removing yeah. it? No, I haven't seen I, that. I can... Oh, hold on. Maybe I've got it on... 
Just give me a second. But anyway, yeah, Alabama removed the Confederate flag from the state capitol, and it was clearly the blood-stained banner that they removed. Okay. And I can find, I believe I've, and that they just did that this year. They've, they've been flying the blood-stained banner, clear expression of white supremacy. Okay. This but, is the, and this so, flag is what is I think the one that I was talking about where it was basically that there was no way to raise and lower it. That thing just stayed up there. Right. It was uh, locked on with pa- actual padlock, and a woman did scale it and cut it down and got arrested, and the flag got put right back up. But yeah, it it was made so it could not come down easily. And I guess it's and I think but so. Far, one, I've got the image right here. I can I'll send you guys a link to the image. Hold on. In South Carolina, it took it down as well. But the one that everybody's the one that everybody wants to fly right now is the stars and bars. I'm talking about. You mean the, the Confederate battle flag? I'm talking about the regular people. Yeah, that's not that's not the actual that's not the stars and bars. But okay, but here you go. The Confederate. I'll tell you this: they they were actually flying this flag on government property. Yeah, and you can see that that is clearly the bloodstained banner. Well, what's interesting to me is technically that flag represents traitors to the United States. It'd be like trying to um, go to Britain and say, hey, you guys need to start flying the American flag. Like They'd be like, oh, no, you guys kind of you know, betrayed us and went to war with us. And, you know. well, actually, all, uh, all, Confederate, all Confederate fighters were declared U.S. veterans post, post-war. Right, but the flag itself is still a flag that represents traitorism to America. You can't look at it any other way. That was, you know, they lost. If they won, it becomes the national flag. They lost. They're part of the United States still. It's the flag of a attempt at betrayal. Right, but it, had they won, then it would have been the North that was the traitors. No, well, right. not necessarily the traitors, but oh, no, they would have been. It would have been a separate country. Yeah, and, and, it would have been an enemy country at that point. Yeah, and the North, you know, it wouldn't be an issue then because they have their own country and be able to. But because they lost, the flag represents an attempt at betrayal for the country they are still a part of. Revolution is betrayal. You you can't look at it in any other way. They want to say it was revolution, fine. It was still a betrayal. You were betraying the country. Because you lost and are still part of the country, it makes it historically a traitorous flag. And technically, the um, UK can say the American flag is a traitorous flag for the exact same reason. It's just but they we won't. won, yeah, because we won and are our own nation, and it, uh, you know, th- th- so there's a difference there. And it, it I admit, it does sound kind of um, assholey, but it's true. But I think that the 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 stainless banner and the bloodstained banner both uh, clearly show that the people in the South thought that the Confederate battle flag was linked inextricably with the position of white supremacy and of slavery as being the national in- institution, the, national, the, the right. natural way of things. You think that, but you can't say what people are actually thinking. Well, I think most of the people... I think we've got a really good idea that they were. I mean... I think most of the people that uh, are now... This was, the, the South was a democracy. They knew what they were fighting for. There, there wasn't... Um, there wasn't a huge no, no. You, we don't want this in the South. They, they want. They thought that uh, slavery was being endangered, and they wanted to protect that. That was the the mood of the place, and 
these people, uh, the the politicians, were representing the general position of the people in their well country as they they thought of themselves as a, a separate country now so separating from the union they they were representing the general mood there is dumbass, very little doubt of that dumbass i don't think you understand the way democracy works in the united states the way democracy works in the united states is people elect somebody that they think voices their values and then that person gets elected and does whatever the hell they want well it's a representative democracy it's yeah. an oligarchy yeah. So, are yeah, you that suggesting that uh, that? No, I'm just. You're, you're, you're suggesting I'm, that uh, I am, my friend, the advocate of the devil tonight. Yeah. I was just going to ask: Are you just playing devil's advocate, <laughs> or is there a point in there? I'm missing something yeah, fundamental because like, I'm not nope, following. Like Keanu Reeves was. I mean, you you you're basically saying that we're putting too many words in these people's mouths. But yeah, I, I think that I think that we have a lot of people saying this stuff enough that I mean we can show that 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 there's a lot of people saying these kinds of things. Does that mean everybody? No, it, it doesn't. That that'd be painting with too broad a brush. But I think the brush is broad enough. And does it matter? How and there it's there are some bad arguments. Does it matter how the message is received, how the symbol is received, whether or not it represents everybody's mm. opinion? Well, considering that over in Germany, Nazis are using the Confederate flag as a symbol because it's illegal for them to actually have the Nazi flag, that says a lot about how that symbol is being received worldwide. Uh, That's a good point, Ian. And I mean, the fact that the Ku Klux Klan is adopting this flag as their, you know, they, they believe that this, uh, this flag should be flown, it, that should tell you something. This is, the Ku Klux Klan believes it's that, probably uh, just it's probably just easier to keep keep clean than their robes. Here's the thing: I would I will defend the Ku Klux Klan's right to to display the flag, right? And but clearly they're doing it because of the things that it represents. That that the things that that the ideals that we're attributing to it are the reasons they want to fly it. Yeah, I yep. will I will defend people's right to display the flag for whatever reason they want to display it because that's. That's their right as an American. As, uh, as far as as right. far as putting it on a government building, not appropriate. I agree. Well, and that's where that that's where I have a problem, right? That's that's the only yeah, place yeah, where I'm saying that's, you can't that's fly exactly this flag. what I'm saying here. Yeah. I, I, in fact, I, I want. But you know, if you want to, to fly the flag, if you want to fly the flag, and you don't personally take it as a symbol of uh, of slavery, then it, well, don't kid yourself. This is historically what the flag has been about. This is what the South has been about. And there's just no getting around that. Okay, um, so what about... Now there are some bad arguments that will go... What about black people flying that flag as a symbol of pride? You know, I think that... They, that I, I honestly think that... I think that they are woefully misinformed. Yeah. I think that black people who fly that flag and feel like it's about uh, their heritage are woefully misinformed. No, that sounds like that is about their that, heritage. It could be taken as a, It could be taken as a triumph over that. I don't yeah, think yeah, there's. I, I don't think that the there Confederate is, flag. I don't think there is a single black person in this country who doesn't know what happened in the in the 1800s. So I, I don't I think, think there's. I'm not sure I, how I the Confederate flag can be taken as a symbol of their triumph over slavery. I'm I mean, not the Confederacy didn't I'm want playing devil's advocate, and if I'm stretching it, I'm stretching it. But don't <laughs> say that they're. Don't say that they're misinformed. <laughs> 
I think they are misinformed. I, I think I don't. I don't think they understand <laughs> what the, the ideals of that flag were. If they're flying it, I agree. Yeah, if Max saying they're trying to reappropriate it, I yeah, that's a yeah, stretch. Are you saying they're too. taking it back? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that there are posts from people. Uh, I've been looking at. I've, I've been watching the whole Confederate flag thing on Facebook from a bunch of different angles, and there are posts from very very proud black citizens who are. Displaying the Confederate flag quite proudly and saying that they don't take it as being anything about slavery. But how, well, I, well, but that, that uh, I mean, they can say that, but that doesn't wrong. make it true. That yeah. Doesn't make it true. Yeah. And, and it, and it isn't true. And if they're saying this, do they really understand what that flag was used for? I, I, I would, I say no. I, I say that they're missing something. Well, okay, there, let's move on to other arguments. There's another argument here that I've had with people. Uh, they say, like, only, like, 1% to 2% of Southerners owned slaves, and therefore they want to paint this as a war that has been started by tyranny by a, by a small amount of people at the very top who wanted to hold on to slavery, and everybody else was just roped into it unwillingly. To well, which I would I have to answer that, yeah. I don't think they were roped into it unwillingly, I, I have but to, I think they were guided. Maybe, but um, let me point out to people who think that only like 1% of uh, Southerners own slaves, that, that that's a thing. See, when, you, when you're talking about that, you're counting only the heads of families, usually very large families. Um, when you look at um, the percentage of people who were from slaveholder families, now if we're looking at people who were actually fighting the war in the army, uh, it varies from state to state. Uh, it could be up to... So people who are from slave-holding families could be up to 50%. I believe in Mississippi it was 50%. Um, but uh, others, other states, uh, it was lower. But um, you consider that. And then you consider that most other people would have worked in slave-related industries. And these are white men who would have had power over slaves and uh, even white women uh, who, who would work with slaves and stuff. They would... Uh, have their superiority kind of drilled into them and they'd be able to give orders to these people and expect them to be carried out. These were This was a society where slavery was very important to them and they strongly believed in their right to have these slaves. It was a, something that uh, pretty much went throughout their society. Okay. What else you got? Because we're starting to go a little long, I'm sorry. So, so how many more arguments no. do you have to go over here? Oh, I'm I'm done. At well, this point. just a couple. I mean, okay, go ahead and go ahead and cover them. But I, there were I... like some some people said like some northern states had slaves, and this is true. I mean, like the some northern states decided, okay, let's wait and see, and uh, not secede because you know they felt, and they've probably got the best of it because. Uh, their slaves weren't taken away until a lot later. So, you know, they made a better choice there. Um, but like I said, this wasn't about why the northern, any of the northern states did what they did. This is why the southern states did what they did. And then the last thing I've run into is a statement. That it wasn't really about slavery. It was about money. And to that I answer, okay, you can pretty much go to any war and say that the war was about money slash power. That doesn't negate the reasons that people thought they were fighting for the war. 
I mean, sure, in the background, it's about holding on to your money, holding on to your power, or gaining more money, or gaining more power, or whatever. And if it, if it wasn't about that, then people wouldn't care as much, and they wouldn't fight. But the, they they do rationalize it to themselves, and they people will believe that they're fighting for X. And in the South, they believe they were fighting for slavery. I mean, it's like going to back to the uh, uh, the um the crusades and saying well they didn't really fight uh to to about uh the rec- reclaiming the holy land and they they didn't fight uh, to get rid of the infidels they were fighting for money and power and they were but the reason they fought they thought they were fighting was for those reasons to so reclaim kind of strange holy land to like from people who thought it was the holy land too yeah yeah <laughs> well i mean it, it's kind case, of strange to put words in yeah. people's mouths and I was gonna say, I mean, and say would, no, they didn't fight for that reason. The real reason was about money, and it's like, well, it well, is about income. Okay, right? but, they own these slaves, and if they have to release them, that they're releasing yeah. income. I find that a really strange argument to make. Yeah. That uh, it's a it's about money, therefore not about slavery. No, well, money may have been underlying things, but they believe they were fighting for slavery. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's finish up with the dad bod. Yeah, because that's fun. Yeah, this will be fun. <laughs> we okay. we got to finish with something a little. Uh, that's a downer. Woo. I know. I'm trying to shift gears here. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but it needed to be done. Need that, we, Sorry, I didn't mean to bring you guys down. I just no, thought it was important to no, get some of the actual Let facts me. out about that. Yeah, I absolutely. I agree. Okay, so dad bods. Yeah. <laughs> The internet has been abuzz with the meme claiming that women gen- generally tend to find the paunchier physiques of fathers or dad bods more attractive than supercut gym rat bods. The, Huff- the Huffington Post, I linked a bunch of articles here. The Huffington Post article defines it. The dad bod says, I go to the gym occasionally, but I also drink heavily on the weekends and enjoy eating eight slices of pizza at a time. According to Mackenzie Pearson, a Clemson University student who wrote a viral article explaining the dad bod. BuzzFeed has a series of images of dad bods if you're trying to figure out what we're talking about. And then there's a great New York Times article. On average, dads are 10 pounds heavier than non-dads. They're carrying nearly an extra two inches on their waist, and their bellies stick out an extra half inch. But dads seem to wear their extra paunch with some degree of comfort. Despite the extra 10 pounds, nearly as many dads described themselves as being about the right weight as those who were not dads. The exact proportions are 49% and 53%. Call this fatherly self-satisfaction a result of diminished expectations. When asked their ideal weight, dads volunteered a number that was five pounds heavier than non-dads. The second New York Times article features pictures and stories of actual dads and their bods, which I love. Um, it reflects much more body diversity among the dads than the dad bod meme captures. Some of these actual, unfortunately mostly white dads, they are paunchy and some are skinny and some are muscular. And there's also a really nice TT bike with Zip 404 is standing next to some dude who might, might or might not be a dad. <laughs> the Huffington Post article is about, um, this is about why the dad bod meme is a sexist disgrace. Uh, here are a couple of quotes. The dad bod, I guess this was a Slate article probably. The dad bod lays out what is acceptable for men and women. It reinforces the gender inequality that is present in our societal perceptions of body image. The dad bod makes it okay for men to sit on the couch chowing down on pizza all day. Women, on the other hand, are expected to go to yoga and count calories to get rid of their mom bods. Celebrities such as Jessica Alba, Jennifer Lopez, and Halle Berry are celebrated in the media for how quickly they were able to shed their mom bods after giving birth. There are people who enjoy the aesthetic of the dad bod, 
And there's nothing wrong with having a dad bod or to like the aesthetic. I don't mind it one bit. Having a bit of cushion on your belly is nothing to fret over. The entire dad bod craze just shows how our society has to point out the difference between men and women. Men can down a six-pack and develop a little flab, while women are expected to have supermodel physiques. No one's writing an article about why men love mom bod because our society praises mothers that are MILFs. And then the, <laughs> the last article is the Washington Post article, which my buddy G, shout out to my buddy G who sent this in. Um, author Peter Holly writes, Instead, of, instead, many women are looking for guys who have good careers, love kids, and offer a soft tummy to lay on after a long day working harder than us. All things that dad bods promise. Tight torsos and thick biceps are too busy at the gym to own businesses and keep the kitchen clean. To put it another way, a dad bod isn't attractive because of what it looks like, but because of what it says. And what is that, you ask? A dad bod says, I have a job, responsibilities, and enough money to nod approvingly when someone says, guacamole is extra. A dad bod owns a suit, makes car payments on a fuel-efficient vehicle, and applies tasteful amounts of cologne before heading out the door. Send him a YouTube compilation of puppies doing cute stuff, and afterward he'll happily discuss which cute stuff was his favorite cute stuff. This is my very favorite part of this article. Make love to a dad bod, and afterward a dad bod will make waffles for you. <laughs> so here's I'm, I, I want to I start out by disagreeing with you here. Okay, that's cool. And, 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 and this is – I think this comes down to – I mean I, it's, when we say society says women need to do these things, I, it comes back to this. When we, when we talk about models and body image and it's in, it's other women a lot of times that are saying these things and maybe men are saying them too, but we know that, 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 that men feel the same way about, about a lot of women that they'd rather have more breasts and more hips. I mean, and, and, and I'm going to have to go track that article down again because I, well, hell, I'd even, I, I like a little bit of a tummy on a woman too. Exactly. There you, you know? go. And, and, and so it's, so. It goes both ways. We have we have we we have the same kind of societal pressure saying that men need to be at the gym and, and be real cut, and and then we also have other other ones that are saying, hey, it's okay to have a dad bod. And so the same thing is happening with 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 women. I think a lot too that there are there there is some people out there saying that they need to you know that they need to tone up and get rid of that rid of that baby weight, and the, those are saying, you know what, uh, I'm okay with that uh, a little bit of a little bit of baby weight. You know that's not a problem for me, and and so. Do you think that the, I mean are the pressure stronger for women? Maybe, um, and and I think that there might be a case to be made for that. But I think that that there isn't. It's the same kind of deal that some. But it's still a lot of men are more much more attracted to that the, the more weight. And I think they showed it said a majority in in you know of 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 the polling that they did. Well, I agree with all of that. I think you're totally right. I think um, also that um, maybe it was Mac who was saying something about um, men are supposed to be cut and men are supposed to look a certain way and yada, yada, yada. So I was really happy to find, you know, some evidence that society's maybe shifting a little bit and cutting men a little bit of slack too. I, I yeah, think it was uh, I think it was the articles on circumcision that said men are supposed to be cut. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do stupid circumcision again. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> no stupid decision. No stupid decision. No stupid decision. <laughs> uh, so I, 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 you know, I know that there are pressures out there both ways. Um, the, it comes back to a general uh, body shaming that that we do see, I guess, in the media. In, in, we see a lot of body shaming, don't we? That's the problem. It's body shaming in general. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah. And it's not so much that 
it's not so much it's not so much that men are supposed to be cut, but men are supposed to have size matter. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, and that's where right. that's where it really boils down to for men. Wait, do you mean penis size? Yeah, penis. Yeah, yeah that's why there's so many pills for that now. Yeah, because you you've got to look like a porn star, or else you're never going to get a girl. Right, because you get all those, you know, in in your email, you, you know, know, you add three inches, and, and what and, am I going to do with a four inch dick? And in in you know, in terms of dad bob, in terms of dad bod, if you want to talk about somebody who's got dad bod, Ron Jeremy's got dad bod. <laughs> Ron Jeremy also has a horrifically scary mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were going to say mustache. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I I still think that they're probably more body shaming for women. I really do. I think so too. But you know, it's not it's not completely one sex or the other. No, I I, yeah, that's true. Well, I just want to promote the idea that um, diverse. Male physiques are totally awesome. Like I like dudes the way you guys like girls, and man, I like a lot of different dudes. So, by the way, I found out why Will Ferrell is not considered a dad bod. Will Ferrell is not considered a dad bod, even though he's got that physique, because he is way too high maintenance. He's uh, ADHD, and he's he's kind of he's kind of bouncing around all the time. So he's not really considered a dad bod for that reason because he doesn't have that level of comfort. Hmm. Mm. And his landlord's a little demon, I'll tell you what. Oh, I remember that video. That was funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I'm okay with the dad bod. I've got one. <laughs> I'm okay with all kinds of different bods, and I think that's the whole point. Yeah. But I guess, is there, is there, can, are men able to get away with this more than women? I think so, yeah. And, but, but in which, but in what circles? I don't know. You see well, a lot of dudes in bathing suits. All the their- all the actors that they've got there are pretty much considered to be, except for possibly Denzel, they're all considered to be character actors. Right. So they're not Hollywood hunks per se. That's true. None of these guys would be considered. Well, Val Kilmer used to be. Used, used to, be. to be. Yeah. Used to be. Not now. Hmm. Hasn't been since like Batman. Batman Forever. <laughs> And the saint. I mean, I'm not talking about Val Kilmer's body. All I can picture is the doors when he was playing the um, chubby. Mm. Um, yeah, but in uh, by the time he'd gotten to uh, Comanche Moon, his his role in Comanche Moon, he was he was pretty much forever bulked up. So, but I think that I think that there they can get work easier than an overweight woman. I think you're. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. You know, the only. I think the only, the only only roles for overweight women are going to be comedy roles, and they're they tend to be comedy roles based on the fact that the woman is overweight, like uh, Melissa McCarthy. Um, I well, don't know, Nia Vardalos. They don't really play on her weight, but yeah. yeah. Well, then you get movies like Shallow Hal. That was the storyline was supposed to be, oh, you're supposed to accept them for, for who they are, but then they do nothing but really cheesy, bad, fat jokes, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. I, I, that's why I hated about the movie. Well, it's like, do you and not then of course, then of course they, uh, they get a glamour actress to play an ugly woman in uh monster. Yeah. Right. Right. Charlie Theron. Mm-hmm. I'm, I think I'm going to sue Charlie Theron for all the erections she gives me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was staring too intently at you. I saw that. <laughs> 
Do you guys watch Amy Schumer? The overweight. <laughs> she's not overweight, is she? Amy no. Schumer? No, she's not. She's not. She is a good sized woman. She's, yeah, she's hot. Amy Schumer yeah. is hot. Smart mm-hmm. as fuck too. She yeah, is she so is. Funny. She's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Yep. And apparently I she had the show. thing for droids. <laughs> See, even better. What it's win win. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> anyway. Anyway, dudes, just relax about how you look if you're feeling bad about your dad bod. You don't have to be cut. We like you how you are. Excellent. Totally dead. Tango likes me how I am too. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right. Say goodnight, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. And a young boy not yet in puberty. It sounds like we've all been drinking. Uh, Let's try. (laughs) Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720-295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share-alike, no-derivatives, 3.5 license. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Enter music by Peter Canold. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture. We're so excited to be invited that we had to masturbate. On my planet, it means fiddling little boys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can accept that. (laughs) Semen is more powerful. It's the cream of the blood. I have never seen that Campbell's can in the stores. Nobody else needs to practice. I've got mine down. So do a countdown, Brian. Okay. One, two, three. And, and a young, young, and a young <laughs> boy. And in puberty. I'm sorry, you guys. This is, I am so bad at this. <laughs> And a young boy not led in puberty. What? You, you want to go again? Because <laughs> I'm tracking up. I can't get through it. <laughs> <laughs> Sally sells seashells by the seashore. Okay.